Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. I have a book coming out in a couple of weeks called, the name of the book is One Thing, and it's just a study, it's narrowing down what's really important in life, that everything in this life, everything in this life is fleeting. Everything in this life is temporary. Everything in this world will one day burn up. Everything in this life will one day be gone. And the only thing that will matter are the things that were done in the name of Jesus, the things that were done for the kingdom of God, the things that are spiritual. And there are times in my life where my heart grows cold, where my heart grows indifferent, And I know the world is creeping in. You say, well, how do you know? I say, I can tell by my words. I can tell by my deeds. I can tell by my decisions. And when that happens, I know that I need to get back into the Word. I need to get back to worshiping God. I need to get back to seeking God. Get back to having an uncontaminated heart. And when I make those decisions, I mean it is like a river I feel and sense God's blessing fall down upon my life when I refocus on Him. Number three, this third word is the word dazzling. Oh, that's a good word. I need to write a book on dazzling. This beatitude tells us something that is absolutely amazing, astounding. It is stunning. It is mind-blowing. That if you make these decisions and choices, your heart, if your heart is pure, it's undivided and solely focused on God, yes, you will be blessed, but something more, you will see God. Think about that. There is, there is something, and again, it doesn't matter if you're in the context of what I'm getting ready to say, it doesn't matter if you're saved or not saved. You can be the, uh, uh, sitting out here and you're a heathen, an atheist, uh, or you can be a Christian just struggling in your sin. It doesn't matter. But sin, there's something about sin that binds. Sin blinds. Sin calluses one's heart. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 that The God, notice it's a lowercase g, we're not talking about the God, we're talking about the devil, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot even see the light of the gospel of Christ. And that might be some of you right now who are watching online or maybe sitting here today, you haven't understood one word I've said here today because your mind has been blinded by the devil. You say, well, I I want to understand. I want to see God. Do you? Yeah, I I really want to see God. Do you? Yes, I do. Well, is your heart contaminated by sin? Yeah, I I, I do. You've got to have a pure heart in order to see God. Stop pursuing the things of this world and start pursuing the things of God and you will see God. 
Most of you know that I, I enjoy uh, cycling. I got into it about eight, nine years ago. My knees gave out. I could hardly walk. But I can get on that bike and ride all day. And uh, it's just, there's a joy. It's my happy place. But it's a very, 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 very dangerous uh, sport because of you. Um, the drivers are so bad and just every time not sometimes but every time we go out we almost die just just every time we don't we it doesn't matter cars I, I feel in danger when I'm in my car driving around the way other people drive imagine being on a bike and uh, you've got no no protection of any kind and and people have cut us off on purpose they they, they throw things out the window at us they cuss at us they, I've, they've actually say, I hope you die. I've heard that. And, and you say, well, yeah, but you guys don't follow all the rules. Well, you can't run over a pedestrian. That's against the law to run over a pedestrian. And you can't run over a cyclist. Just, I've always thought about, well, if I do die, what if it was a, what a member of Shepherd Church? <laughs> How I, I, people have cut me off. I, I wonder if that guy's been to my church. But um, we talk about it. It's one of the things we talk about while we're cycling, how dangerous it is. And this, this last week we were riding, and, you know, you, you're in a group. You ride, different people ride next to you at different times in the course of the ride. And I was talking to this guy, and he's a friend of mine. He, he, I, he doesn't go to this church, and I, I'm not sure he goes to church. I said to him, I, I don't want to tell you his name, but I said to him, I said, hey, I want to tell you something. We're peddling. What? I go, if you ever hear that I died riding on my bicycle, do not be sad. I died doing what I enjoy doing. This is where I find joy and I get away from all the stress. And, and I, said, I, said, I said, don't you be sad and don't you let anybody else be sad. If you hear that I died riding this car runs me over, do not be sad because I know where I'm going. And I said this to him. I said, I'm happy. I'll be happy because, hold on a second. Right then when I was talking, I, I got teary-eyed. I started thinking about my dad. I said to him, I said, my daddy's waiting on me. He's waiting on me. If I die, don't be sad because I'm, I'm where, where I've always wanted to go. And I said to him, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he looked over at me and he goes, well, I'm not ready. <laughs> and I said to him, you got to get ready. You don't know if this is your last day on this earth. You don't know if the next car that comes by here is going to knock you into oblivion. This old ticker right here is ticking away right now. Tick, 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 tick. And every beat of that heart is God giving you another day, another choice. This might be your last day. Yes, you might live another 10 days or another 10 weeks or another 10 years, but your day's coming where your ticker will stop ticking. You need to get ready. So as long as you have breath and you're here today and this thing is ticking, you need to fully commit yourself to God 
If you're engaged in any kind of sin, I don't care what the sin is, and we're so good at justifying sin, you've got to stop doing those sins. You've got to start living for God, have an undivided heart, get your eyes back in this book, get back to church, and one day, if this heart is pure, one day you will see God. Now, I said all that that I said, but these last two things are the most important things you have got to understand. And number one, outward acts do not produce inner purity. You have to hear this. Now, if you miss these next two points, you you even coming to church wasn't even worth coming. You've got to understand these last two points. Doing outward acts cannot produce inner purity. There are different kinds of purity mentioned in the Bible. Did you know that? Part of what I've been talking to you about is the first type, which is called practical purity. That's where you choose not to go to a club. Hey, we're all going to the club. Let's go. No. I'm not going. Why? Nothing happens good in a club. I'm not going to go to a club and feel closer to God. I'm not going. It's a decision I make. It's called practical purity. I'm not going to take that drug. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to watch pornography. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to change. I'm making decisions. I want to repent, turn back to God, get back in the Word. I'm going to church. You want to go with me? Next time someone asks you to go to club, you say, no, but would you want to go with me to church? Now, stay with me, all you club goers. But anyway, <laughs> second type of purity is ultimate purity. That's in the Bible. You say, what's ultimate purity? That's when you get to heaven, according to Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. When you get up there, there are no impurities. There is no sorrow. There's no sickness. There is no sin. There is no death. Read that verse. It says there is nothing impure in heaven. It's ultimate purity. But there's a third kind of purity. And it's called positional purity. You say, what's that? Well, this only happens because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You need to make decisions in your life. That's practical purity. Some of you need to make those decisions today. But ultimately, if you, if and when you ever make it to heaven out yonder, could be today, could be next week, could be next year, the only way any of us will ever get to heaven is if we are positionally pure, which is something you cannot do because you cannot clean yourself. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is a law that's called the embassy's law. The embassy's law states that in order for something to become clean, something has to become dirty. In other words, if you wash your car, or you wash your bike, or you wash the chain, you take a spray and you spray, then you take a clean cloth and you wash your car. That which was clean now becomes dirty so that your car can become clean. And in the same way, this heart, your heart, right now is dirty. And the only way your heart can ever become clean, something else has to become dirty. 
Jesus became sin for you, taking on your sin. He was clean. You were dirty. He became dirty so that you could become clean. Now, write this down and don't anybody leave. Only Jesus' atonement allows one to truly see God. You will never, ever, it's not possible for you to do enough good things to clean your own heart out for you to one day see God. The only way anybody sees God is because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Now, this beatitude, as in all these beatitudes, I, this is my own opinion, you really can't even understand them at all unless you put yourself in the sandals of the people who were listening that day. So I'm going to take you back 2,000 years in time when Jesus was actually delivering this to the people that he was speaking to. I want to show you a photo. This was the temple back in those days. This is where they went to, quote, church. You came in here. But 2,000 years ago, they went to the temple because the temple was where they went to have their sins forgiven. The temple was where they went to be saved. The temple was where they went to be pure, become pure. The temple was the place they went in order to see God, so to speak. The temple was the place where the priests would make blood animal sacrifices for the atonement of the people's sins. So they had to go to the temple. There was something else that all of them knew. The way, 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 way in the back was a place called the Holy of Holies. And that's where God lived. You had to get in there if you were ever going to see God. The Holy of Holies was a, the Bible says it was 20 cubits by 20 cubits. A cubit is like 18 inches. So it's, the Holy of Holies starts right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10. That's 30 feet. So the Holy of Holies was 30 feet wide. It was 30 feet deep and it was 30 feet high. 10 by 10 by 10 yards. And that's where God lived. And so when people went to church, oh, they wanted to see God, but everyone knew that the temple, as you look, was made up of courts. They had these fences, these walls, sections. And you could only go so far based on who you were. And it didn't matter who you were. You weren't good enough. You weren't pure enough to ever walk in the Holy of Holies see God. Now, the very outskirts of the temple was called the Court of the Gentiles. How many of you are here today and you're not Jewish? You're not Jewish. Raise your hand. Well, so you're the Gentiles. You could only go so far. You had to stay in the court of the Gentiles. Oh, you could see it, but you could never get in there. Now, the women, only if you were Jewish, because the Gentile women had to stay in the court of the Gentiles. But if you were a woman and you were Jewish, oh, you had your own court. It was called the court of the women. You got to go closer than the Gentiles because you weren't Gentile. 
You're a woman. You got a little closer, but you could never get inside because it was based on who you were. And then there was the Jewish men. They got to go further than the women. They got to go past the court of the Gentiles, past the court of the women. They had their own court just for Jewish men. But then there was another court called the inner court. And it was for the religious people, the clergy, the man of the cloth, the rabbis, the the priest got to go to the inner courts, but even the priests were not good enough to go inside the Holy of Holies. There was one who was called the high priest. He was the priest of all the priests. And once a year, he got to go inside the Holy of Holies. No one else in all of Israel could ever go inside the Holy of Holies. And one day, Jesus shows up, and he's talking about a new kingdom. He's talking about being poor in spirit and mourning and being meek and hungering and thirsting for righteousness and sharing mercy. And then he says this, hey, I want you to know in this new kingdom that anybody can see God. What? Yes, anybody can see God. Well, how's, how can I see God? Oh, in this new kingdom. Anybody can see God if you're pure of heart. If you're pure of heart. Now stay with me. The Bible tells us in Leviticus, it says that there has to be a blood sacrifice for the atonement of sins. And what does atonement mean? It means to wash away. It means to pardon. It means to cover. It means to forgive. There has to be a blood atonement. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no such thing as the forgiveness of sins. Of course, we know that Jesus goes to the cross, and on the cross, they nail him to that cross, and Jesus bleeds, and He sheds His blood. It forms a pool at the foot of the cross. And if you look down at the blood of Jesus Christ, we know that His blood was the atonement for our sins. Again, He who was perfect became dirty so that you and I could be clean. Are you with me? And here's the last verse. Look at it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we we now have confidence that we get to enter the most holy place place by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. 
You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These Scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. Hi, my name is Kathy, and I lead the Anchor Cancer Support Group here at Shepherd Church. On August 17th, 2011, I heard the words that nobody wants to hear, and that is, I had cancer. And when I had um, that diagnosis, I did not want to share it with anybody, but God had a different plan in that for me. And so it was pretty clear that during my surgery, my chemo, my radiation, all the side effects that I experienced, and even losing my hair, that God knew that I was going to be where I am today. The things that I experienced when I was going through my journey by getting love from other people, getting food, getting prayers, uh, even provisions that I didn't expect was such a blessing to me that I knew that I had to turn it around and give it to others. So God put it on my heart to lead a cancer support life group in my home. We call on each other, we take each other to our doctor's appointments, and we pray for each other right before we're getting ready to go in for our treatments or our scans. We also provide food and and support for them during their journey. Later on, when I was ready to start the group, God gave me the name Anchor. And I know now why. Because when you think of an anchor, you know that it is linked to a chain. And the members of this group are the links of that chain that we're linked on to one another, strong, standing firm to our Father, who is our anchor. 
and together we walk this journey with them through this storm, knowing that we need to depend on each other and through our Father in heaven. This group is for everyone. If you're going through cancer, if you've already gone through all of your treatments and you are in remission, it's also for those that are part of the family. Maybe it's you're the caregiver. Maybe it's your coworker. It also could be for the spouse or the children. And more important, this group is for those that have lost someone that have finally gone to see our Father in heaven. And they come back and they share their journey and they love on one another because they've walked that. There are a million and a half people in Los Angeles County living with some form of cancer. And I am so grateful to Shepherd Church for opening up their doors to allow us to have this amazing ministry here. The people of this community need this ministry. And we are so happy to be able to have it here so that we can give them hope and encouragement during their journey. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.